This is Hope FM. Now, of course, we all love getting together over a cup of coffee and perhaps a nice cake and certainly a, a nice meal. Now, somebody who knows a lot about that is my very special guest. His name is Paul Kralik, and he's the manager of the Jubilati Cafe at Emmanuel Church Sideborn. Good morning to you, Paul. Good morning, Blair. So, Paul, way, way back, what was it that attracted you to the world of food, to culinary things? Uh, well, I think all of us just love eating, don't we, sometimes? And um, I, my love of food really came from my mum. Uh, she was uh, a, a cook for the uh, church army years and years ago. Uh, and my father died when I was nine, and uh, so mum uh, looked after us. And uh, one thing she made sure is that we had uh, full bellies all the time. And uh, love of food really just grew from her love of cooking, really. Now, you know all those cookery programmes that you see on television, you know, and it, they always make cooking look very simple and that sort of stuff. You were, ne- you were never sort of attracted to having your old, the Paul Craddock, you know, um, uh, cooking show on the well, TV? Well, you know, I, I, I have always, always wanted to do that. I've always wanted to do that. And, uh, you know, I've known you for many years, Blair, but what I have done over the years, uh, for maybe the last eight, nine, ten years, I, I've been doing, uh, working with a friend of mine who runs an event company called Harley's Events as well, as well as I'm doing everything else. And, uh, and we've been doing events all over the world, all the way through lockdown. Uh, we were doing uh, uh, Zoom events uh, for team building for demonstrating uh, all cuckoo programs, so sushi and cheese and wine and curry and all sorts of stuff. So, yes, I've actually been doing that these last eight years anyway. Mm. But I've always, always wanted to do that and always wanted to do and teach people about food. Mm. That's always been one of my passions. You know, one of the things, I mean, this might make you laugh, actually, Paul, but do you, you know that film Ratatouille? Did you, have you seen that film? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, well, there's a, there's a bit in that film where um, they mix, uh, I think it's it's blue cheese with port, uh, and uh, and it, I tried it, you know, and uh, it was absolutely to die for. But anyway, the thing that, that reminded me about what's important in food was that movie, and it was about how you can mix flavours. And I suppose that I suppose that's the real art of, you know, what goes with what. And if you put the right things with the right things, if you know what I mean, then you get absolute flavours to die for. How, did you very quickly get into that in your culinary experience? Yeah, I remember, I didn't start out as a chef, uh, even though I love food. I, I remember just going back to your port and uh, blue cheese thing. Uh, I worked in a, uh, an old uh, established hotel back in Derbyshire uh, called the Kedleton House Hotel. Uh, I think it's uh, up and running again now, but it, but it closed down many years ago. Uh, and uh, we used to have uh, Brian Clough, from, uh, uh, the manager from Nottingham Forest, as he was then, and his kids come up uh, and... Um, and we'd have a, a whole Stilton on on a board, and, it, and we'd fill a little, dig a little hole out, and then we'd fill it with port, and to let that port mature in the Stilton. Mm. But I found it absolutely awful. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was the worst, I thought it was the worst thing ever, uh, and I've never eaten Stilton cheese since. <laughs> Well, well I, I, I'm the opposite. I, I did try it, and I, I really love it. But I love it in small portions, you know. So, But I uh, I didn't soak it into the cheese, you know. But I suppose the thought of blue cheese, smelly cheeses and all that sort of stuff. I did actually interview somebody in the summer on one of the cruise ships who actually makes cheeses, you know. And uh, he used to yeah. be an actor on Coronation Street now, but uh, but he, he actually now spends his life uh, making making cheeses and so on. But, of course, it's not just cheese. It's, it's all the other flavours that... 
mean, how do you get to know what goes with what? Yeah, it's it's what it is. It's it's you have to teach your palate uh, to recognise different tastes and flavours. Uh, if you don't uh, constantly taste the food, then what happens is it's it's like. Yeah, it's like your faith. If you don't strengthen your faith, if you don't constantly read your Bible, if you don't, uh, you know, worship together, you know, if you don't enable, empower, and equip each other, you know, you tend to to lose sight of what of what we're here for as Christians. And it's the same with food. If you don't constantly try uh, uh, different foods, so whether you like them or not, uh, don't try different flavor combinations and learn. Uh, to to let your palate taste these things. You're not going to strengthen your palate. You're not going to strengthen the the food that you eat and understand the different nuances of the food Mm. and the way you put them together. So it's constantly tasting and tasting and tasting and then tasting again. I've been very brave, actually. You'd be proud of me, actually, because I had my first snails recently. And um, now the very thought of eating snails... You know, it made me think, oh, my goodness. Uh, it was a bit like my fir- my first oyster. Now, what what put me off oysters in it was the fact that a lot of people I know, when they had oysters, were getting violently sick. So that didn't, yeah. that didn't actually attract me to oysters. But in Belfast, there's an amazing market on May Street, and they do the most amazing size oysters. Um, oysters uh, that you can imagine it's it's a pound you know so uh, my son has filmed me having my first oyster there in the middle of this market in Belfast and I have to say that actually it was it was quite an enjoyable experience once I got past the grit and all that sort of thing but you just sort of <laughs> went back and, went. and of course snails it was the same thing because it was more the thought of them but with the garlic sauce that you eat snails with. And I guess it's all, yeah. it's all in the preparation, Paul. I mean, you will know more about oysters and snails than, than, than me. But uh, but for those of us who, well, the very thought of some foods put us off, you know. I mean, I did actually have reindeer, you know, uh, but I kept thinking I was eating Rudolph. Uh, and I suppose that all of these things are in the mind, aren't they? Yeah, they are. It's. I think what it is, it's uh, people have become such foodies now because there's so much food food. Uh, technology programs and, and recipe programs and Great British this and Great British that, uh, that people think, oh, well, you know, I, I know everything about food. And so when people go out to a restaurant now, the chefs, uh, some of the chefs are thinking, oh, you know, you know, you know we're going to get a complaint about this, we're going to get a complaint about this. But I just think, hey, look, you know, if, if you want to complain about my food, that's fine, you know, go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. But, but it, it's because there's lots of places people can go. Uh, to eat and I just think you know the food that I produce is good quality food for a good product for a good price with good flavour mm. uh, but getting back getting back to just see your oysters I mean I, I'm allergic to shellfish oh. uh, but, I, <laughs> but I but I do I do I do try food like crab and oysters even though I come out in, in itches and knives and everything but a lot of uh, things with people that don't eat oysters and things like that is you know of course they're worried about catching something you know so mm. People do, don't they? If they, but I guess it's to do with the preparation and how fresh they are. Yeah, it is. I mean, with oysters and all sort of shellfish, it's it's, it's basically it's a, it's called a vibrio infection that you can get. Uh, but you know, some it's uh, yeah, it's it's. You know, people say, oh, you know, it's eating raw oysters or undercooked oysters, but but cooking oysters, you know, is a travesty. Really, you just need to eat them raw, <laughs> mm. uh, and just make sure that you put them in some uh, water, clean water. 
uh, and just let them constantly run that water through and that clears any of the grits and things that's, that might be in them mm. uh, and just do that. Normally a lot of good chefs do that. Uh, I, used to, I used to do some work at a uh, uh, Pebble Beach restaurant there and they do uh, uh, oysters all the time and they never have any problems with those. Mm. Oh, people, lots of people love them. Of course, you, you tend to buy them by the dozen, don't you? And then down the hatch. I mean, yeah. I've, I've only had one in my whole life. Are you, are you adventurous in terms of your own, uh, you know, your own tastes and so on, Paul? Would you, would, well, would, you, would you eat I stuff? Am. Hmm. I am. I am. I'll, I'll try anything. Hmm. Uh, I'll try anything. I remember uh, uh, I used to go to uh, Twynham Church. Uh, I go to God First Church now, but I used to go to Twynham Church. And uh, years ago, we did a, um, uh, a Get Me Out of Here uh, eating event uh, just to raise money for, for mission and uh, I got my butcher to get me various parts from a pig uh, that we could then try uh, for people to eat mm. and so yeah so I ate uh, those various parts I won't say which parts they were on, on air player because it's not appropriate for a Christian station and Hope FM uh, community <laughs> station uh, but yeah but there's some very interesting parts and I did try them all and uh, yeah um, a little bit tough um, yeah, not too tasty, some of them. But yeah, but I've, I've tried anything, you know, from uh, uh, sheep's brains and uh, yeah. I think a lot of uh, a lot of way of teaching kids to eat food is, is get them started eating things like liver. Uh, you know, we don't have, have liver. And, you know, when we were kids, we always had liver and onions mm. in, in gravy when we were kids. And liver, now, liver and bacon. Like, yeah, liver and bacon. Yeah, liver and bacon. Yeah. And kids today, they don't eat it. And tripe, you know, I remember coming home and my, my the house would stink of tripe because uh, my stepdad <laughs> loved tripe and, and there'd be this tripe uh, uh, simmering in milk on the stove and uh, <laughs> the smell was enough to turn you off. Uh, but actually, the flavour wasn't too bad. Well, before we talk, because obviously you're a man of faith and I'm going to talk to you about you know how you came to faith yourself, but let's have a bit of music oh. beforehand. Now, your, the first choice of music is uh, the amazing Kirk Franklin. Why have you chosen this one, Paul? Do you know, I just love the song. I just love the song. If I, if I'm, if I'm, you know, I don't feel that very often because that's just, just not me. Uh, but sometimes when I'm like, oh, I've had a bad day or something like that, I'll put this song on, uh, I'll listen to it, and I, and I just do what the song says, uh, and it's, it's great. It's just a happy song. This is Hope FM. Well, that's the amazing Kirk Franklin there with the smile. My very special guest is uh, Paul Craddock, chef par excellence. He's the manager of the Jubilati Cafe over at Emmanuel Church in uh, in Southport. Now, but Paul, I mean, obviously, faith has always been very important to you. And uh, but how did your own personal faith journey begin? Yeah, so um, I'm just smiling here, listening to the song. Uh, so yeah, uh, oh my word, 1987. Uh, 23rd of January, to be exact. Um, I uh, remember I was working in a, in a uh, Michelin-starred restaurant in London called the English uh, Garden. Uh, sorry, English House, sorry. Uh, it's not there anymore. Uh, and uh, there was a lovely lady there who was a receptionist. And, I, and my first night there, I thought, wow, she's a bit gorgeous. I'm, I'm going to marry her. <laughs> and uh, I did. I asked her to marry me two weeks later. And we met and married within a year. And uh, but God was speaking to her, uh, and uh, God told her to marry me, but not until I become a believer in Jesus. And uh, she didn't tell me that until after we got married. Otherwise, I would have probably said, "Oh, I'm, I'm a believer now, lied through my teeth." Um, but uh, but yeah, but God was on my case. Uh, I moved to London, 
and uh, met Selena, uh, who's now my wife, been my wife for 35 years. And uh, she used to say, look, you know, do you want to come to church? And I'm like, oh, no, she's such a weirdo. Uh, and, uh, but I did. I went to this uh, little home church that she uh, took me to. And uh, uh, in there was like 30 people who I thought, oh, my word, these are so weird, these people. Uh, because I'd not been to church. I'd not known church. And, mm. and so I just thought people in church were weird, not normal. Mm. But once... I got to know them. I'd like, oh, my word, these people are so normal. You know, why does not everybody want to know Jesus? And, and I realized that actually, you know, they, they, even with all their problems that they, they still encountered, they loved Jesus, and, but they brought Jesus into all of those problems. Uh, and that's, for me, I was just like, wow, that is amazing that these people can just be so normal. And so one of them gave me a book. Uh, it's, uh, I, think, I can't remember the chap's name, but it's a book about Hell's Angels. I, uh, not Vic Jacobson, I don't know. I can't remember the guy's name, but it's a book about Hell's Angels. Uh, and uh, because my background before I knew Jesus, I used to hang around with Hell's Angel uh, guys in the pubs, and mm. I used to take a lot of drugs. And I read this book, and once I'd read the book, at the end of it, it said, if you want to know more about Jesus, write for this other little pamphlet called Just Grace. Yeah. And so I wrote uh, to get this pamphlet. Pamphlet arrived uh, uh, a few weeks later. I read the pamphlet, and it's in the back of the pamphlet. It said, right, okay, you know, what are you going to do about the information that you've now uh, read? And I thought, do you know, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. Yeah. And it was as simple as that for me. And I just said, God, I repent of my sins. Yeah, so that's saying sorry for the things I've done wrong before God. Uh, I ask for your forgiveness. Uh, Jesus, would you come into my life? Uh, and that was it, Blair. That mm. was my initial um, way I became became a believer in Jesus. Mm. And then uh, in the bottom of the book, it said, write the date now and sign it. And so I did, January 23rd, 1987, uh, uh, my beginning with Jesus. Mm, amazing. And the rest, the rest is history. Of course, Jesus himself was always going to people's house for food and drink, wasn't he? And, uh, yeah. and he encouraged that uh, a lot. And, and obviously reading in between the lines, I mean, whether it was at the wedding at Canaan, where, of course, Jesus turned the water into wine. Uh, I bet you you'd like to have a conversation with Jesus yeah. about how he did that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've tried it, Blair. I've just not done it yet. Uh, I've tried it. I've tried it many times. I was like, okay, Lord, you know. Uh, what, what's really interesting is we had a uh, when we got married in London, Selena and myself. We had little uh, pamphlets on the table that explained about Jesus and the miracle of the wedding at Cana, hmm. uh, because I had a lot of my family coming, and, and, and my family aren't believers, uh, and. Um, and then he invited 30 of my gay friends as well to the wedding. Uh, and then uh, and what was really interesting was uh, we were having this wedding and uh, you know, myself had to pay for the wedding ourselves because the families couldn't afford it. And, uh, and then the church members that we were a part of, you know, they were always really involved in uh, uh, social action for the community and looking after the homeless. And, yeah, and we'd always buy, buy something for the homeless people. And... Um, as they were coming into the wedding, there was a homeless chap sitting outside the hotel, and they said, oh, look, come on, it's all right. Uh, Paul and Selena are paying for the meal. Come and join them at the wedding. <laughs> so we had this, so we had this uh, homeless chap, he come into the wedding, and they, and, they, and they came up to him, and they said, oh, is it all right if he comes in? I said, of course it's all right. I said, I said you know, I said, let him sit down and give him some food, for goodness sakes, you know. I said, it's a wedding feast for Jesus. You know, it's not just our wedding, it's a wedding feast for Jesus. And we've always been like that uh, as a family. You know, we've always... Uh, uh, 
taken people in and had people for lunch and dinners. You know, we used to do a uh, uh, an 18 to 35 lunch around our house once a month. We did that for 10 years, and and we have students around all the time. We just recently had 10 students around for a uh, Burns night supper with uh, haggis and whiskey gravy. Uh, so yeah, so and I think you know uh, Jesus just he says you know in the Bible today it says practice hospitality. Yeah. And I think you know when we lose that art of practicing hospitality and opening our homes up to people, I think you know then you know we lose we lose something of uh, of gathering information yeah. and gathering something from other people. Yeah, and you can enjoy each other's company and have a genuine good old chinwai, can't you? Uh, mm. Let's talk a wee bit about Jubilati because uh, now you've taken sure. you've taken over as manager there. And uh, yeah. well, tell us a wee bit for 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 people who know nothing about Jubilati. Tell us a wee bit about. I mean, obviously, it's in a, in a manual church in over in in Southbourne. Yeah. So yeah. So we're, we're over at uh, South Southbourne Road, 120 Southbourne Road. It's uh, it's attached to United Reformed Church. Uh, great little cafe. Uh, it's been here about four years. Uh, I uh, took over as manager back in November, and uh, it, it's super. We've got a fantastic fantastic team of volunteers here that work uh, got a lovely assistant manager uh, uh, Angie who's been running the show while waiting for me to arrive and it's great it's a real community cafe you know and a cafe that wants to serve the community you know it's uh, you know what I love about Emmanuel and about Jubilati is it, it, it they don't forget their responsibilities to the community you know uh, and, and we have young and older uh, and all different people coming across the community. We have people coming in every day, some, some people. You know, we've got a lovely chap comes in, John, as an Americano. Uh, he's great. I love him coming in. And, uh, you know, and then we get other people. Uh, and it's getting to know them and getting to know what they like and what they don't like. And, uh, yeah, it's good. It's a, a real outreach to the community. And, of course, a, um, lot, a lot of people are finding it almost by accident, aren't they? Yeah, they are. We had, uh, uh, I mean, we don't advertise uh, as such, you know, it's just word of mouth, but we do pray and we ask God, you know, I, I, my prayer is I pray, Lord, would you establish the work of our hands, establish the work of our hands, it says in Psalms. Lord, would you pour your favour out upon us as we serve the community? God, would you enable us to uh, see what you're doing and be a part of it? And I think as you pray those prayers... You know, you, and, and you believe that God will do this uh, because of his, his nature and, and his character, you know you're going to bring people in. And we've had so many people just walk in and say, oh, I only live around the corner. I didn't know you were here. Mm. Uh, <laughs> which is just brilliant, really. And what sort, of, what sort of things are on the menu? Yeah, so we've got a really simple menu. I don't do anything difficult, Blair. I stick to what I know. Um, and, uh, and so I just do simple paninis and sandwiches, some salads, jacket potatoes, some light bite, like breakfast type things, uh, uh, some kids bites, um, uh, soup of the day. Uh, we don't, I don't make the soup myself uh, at the moment, so I've, I've not got any uh, proper cooking facilities well, to do that just yet. Well, my co-presenter here, he has a special request, you see, because I was talking to him. I love homemade soup, you know, of course, in the cold. Sure. Yeah, but he, he was bemoaning the fact. Well, you can say, Ian, what were you bemoaning? Uh, the fact that you don't see celery soup around very much. At one time, you could 
buy celery soup in tins. I know that's just average tin soup. But yeah, now think, it's I very rare. Heinz don't seem to produce it anymore. Uh, but occasionally I found uh, a restaurant that's done soups. And cream of celery soup is definitely one of my favourites. So, uh, yeah. So I'm not sure whether that is a universal thing, but celery soup is delicious. So can you put celery yeah. soup on the menu and then I can get them over to the cafe, you see? No, I... I think in my mind, Blair, uh, Marmite and celery soup are the spawn of Satan. You know, but... Uh... <laughs> You're not winning with your friend. It doesn't like celery soup or Marmite for that matter. I, I, tell, you, I, I tell you what is really nice, though. Uh, to me. Better than celery soup is celeriac. Celeriac soup? How does that one? Mm, no. Celeriac, uh, beautiful. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's the same flavours, uh, you know, same root. Uh, and I think what's difficult with celery soup is that people... Uh, when they make it, they don't take the string off the celery sticks, the stringy bit. Mm. And so that's why people don't like celery soup. But, but if you're making celery soup, you need to get a, uh, a little potato peeler and just peel the outside of the celery to get rid of those strips of, of, of stringiness mm. before you make it. And then that way it's really nice. It can be really smooth. And then, you know, put a little bit of potato in there. I'll, I'll make him some, Blair. I'll make him some proper he's, celery soup. He's going soup. to make you some celery soup. Oh, that's kind. Yeah. And, yes. Yeah, so uh, oh, no li- problem at His all. little face has just lit up, you know. You've, <laughs> you've, made, you've made his day. Um, I have to say that, that last week I had, a, I had a panini with, I think I had brie and bacon and um, uh, it had the, uh, the, the... Cranberry sauce. The cranberry sauce. It was to die for, actually. Talking about mixing of flavours, you know. Uh, what, what's your most popular item? Yeah, do you know, uh, I think it has to be that, that just what you said there, that, that the BBC panini, you know, beacon brie and uh, cranberry. Uh, I think what people find is they, people love savoury and sweet together. Mm. And I think people's tastes are changing. Uh, and over the years, I've seen more people like savoury and sweet. So, uh, so it's really nice um, if you don't put beacon uh, brie and cranberry. It's really nice actually with red onion marmalade mm. as well. Uh, and that's really nice. Uh, and just like uh, just a brie and red onion marmalade by itself is absolutely beautiful. Mm. Or even uh, I had a um, uh, tub of cranberry sauce with port in my fridge. Uh, and I thought, oh, you know, uh, we got given it by friends of ours, John and Julie. And um, I was making some gravy the other night, and I thought, oh, I wonder if that would be nice in the gravy. Could give a little bit of port to the gravy and a little bit of cranberry. And I poured it in, and uh, nice chicken stock, and oh, my word, it was absolutely beautiful. Mm. So I think people love this uh, fruity and savoury mix, and I think that's why it's always going to be popular. Well, I've decided to appoint you as the, the uh, foodie consultant to Hope FM, and then you can you can come on, you see, with your recipes and so on and uh, and whatever. But but I guess we all have to check out, you know, uh, the wonderful Jubilate Cafe. What's the opening times? So the opening times are ten o'clock in the morning until three o'clock in the afternoon. Last orders at quarter to three. Well, Paul, thank you so much for joining me. I know you, uh, it's busy for you getting ready for the uh, for the customers uh, coming in. But just before you go, your second piece of music is from. Elevation uh, worship shall not want. Why that one? Well, do you know, just the the actual lyrics of the song are, are just superb. You know, it's, uh, it starts off. You know, it's, it says, "Will you be my light when I cannot see?" And I think sometimes, uh, you know, we we sometimes walk around and we're just clouded and just can't see what God's wanting to do. Or if we don't know Jesus, we just can't see what to do. And I think for this song, it says, you know, will you be my light when I cannot see? And when I can't take another step, Lord, would you carry me? 
And I think that's the thing, you know, for me sometimes when I'm like, okay, God, I don't know what I'm doing now. I don't know which way I'm walking, which way I'm going. Uh, but, okay, God, this is the way I'm going to go. Uh, uh, will you show me the right way? And I remember at my baptism, uh, my uh, verse was uh, Proverbs 3, verses 4 and 5, you know, uh, acknowledge the Lord in all your ways and he will direct your steps. And I've always tried to do that, say, Lord, you know, which is the way I'm going? You know, like it says in the Bible, it says, this is the way you walk in it. Uh, and sometimes it's hard to, to hear that word from God of saying, okay, Lord, is this the way to walk in it? And so that's why I like the song, really, uh, uh, just because, you know, it's, it's God where hell comes from. You know, it's him, uh, you know, when the shadow's there, I won't be afraid of the shadows. Yeah, and uh, so, yeah, so it's, and the song, I shall not want. Uh, I just love it. I've got everything I need. It says your goodness and your mercy. I've got everything that I need. Uh, and that's what we need. We need God's goodness and God's mercy. Paul, thank you so much for being our special guest. Look forward to next time and uh, hope that the cafe gets uh, full up there with, with customers sampling your delicious delights there. Thank you, my friend. You have a great day, guys. Bless you. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye. This is Hope FM.